manager Casey Stengel, hard pressed for a starting pitcher for today, as a result of having. I grew up poor in the Depression. Took a bullet in the left ass cheek and right calf in the war. And I came home, got married to my high school sweetheart, and delivered mail in Wichita, Kansas, until I retired. After that, all I needed was my sweet Martha, a few drinks at Sharpie's, and some fishing. And then came the last normal night I would ever have. It was October 7th, 1952. I had 50 bucks on the Dodgers in the seventh game of the World Series. Everything was going swell, except for the game, before trouble came in for a brew. Hey, Sharpie! George! Oh, Dogs! Haven't seen you since you went out the pasture! Come on over here, Dougie. Sharpie, give my friend what he wants, on me. You're still working the main warehouse, right? Yeah, I'm not mixing with the public if I can avoid it. I got tired of all those good doggies trying to take a bite out of my ass. Funny thing is, all those years on the route and not a one ever got me. I go camping last month and I get bit in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Thanks, George. Thanks, Sharpie. Where? Huh? You get bit. On the arm. Right down to the bone. Take a look at this scar. We were up in El Dorado State Park. Damn thing jumped up and chomped me while I was taking a leak. Jeez Louise. Hank and Tony winged it with their rifles, but it got away. Hope it wasn't rabbit. Only foam on my mouth is from this beer, George. Consider yourself lucky. That bite could have been worse, considering where you were watering the weeds. I'll drink to that. Even in the wild, that dog could smell you were a postman. A few hours later, Dougie and I were a little high, but not drunk enough to get into trouble at home. I was out 50 bucks. The sun had long gone down, and it was time for me to head home, lest I get put in the doghouse. I was about to wrap it up when I noticed Doug was looking a little peaky. You okay, buddy? I don't feel so good. I gotta get out of here before Sharpie has to mop my lunch off the floor. Let me give you a ride. No, I gotta go! Good night, Sharpie. I better go see if I have to scrape Dougie up and bring him back to Madeline. Night. Won't tell anybody where I got my 50 schmackers. And I won't tell anyone how you got that ugly face. See you later. It was a bright night with a full moon. It sounded like Doug had wound up puking among the garbage cans. You, you all right back there, Andy Cap? Dougie? Is that you? Doug? Holy Jesus! Stay back! What in the hell? Did you see the size of that thing? He was working over your arm like it was a bowl of kibble. It sure wasn't somebody's poodle. Go back in the bar, and I'll bandage you up. It doesn't look too bad. No, no, I'll, I'll let Martha take a look at this when I get back. But I'd sure appreciate it if you hung around with that shotgun until I got into the car. I'd forgotten all about Dougie and all the hoo-ha. Martha put mercurochrome on my arm, and in a couple of days it was scabbed up and barely hurting. Matter of fact, I got to feeling great, as if 20 years was shaved off me. That's the third plate you filled up, George. At this pace, we won't have any leftovers left over. I am a man of great appetites, Martha. 
and I've got you on my menu next. What has gotten into you? We haven't even had dessert yet. You are my dessert. Sweeter than strawberry shortcake. <laughs> George! Only thing I didn't like were the dreams. This wasn't like the ones I got in WW2. This was unrestrained bloodshed and carnage through the eyes that weren't mine. That weren't human. Just impulse and reaction. Rage and hunger. And I embraced it. I was driven forward by the pure instinct and murder ripping through everything and everyone I loved, devouring it all and relishing it. And always the dreams ended with me leaping at Martha before I could wake up next to her. Ah! George, did you have another nightmare? It's okay, Martha. It's okay. That dog must have scared you more than you thought. You haven't slept a full night since. At least I'm waking up next to a beautiful young lady. Oh, George. A few weeks later, sometime after dinner, who shows up but Dougie? And he was looking pretty twitchy. George! Thank God you're home. Good to see you, too. What brings you to this neck of the woods? Tell Martha you have to go. I've got to show you something before it gets dark, and we have to drive a little. Is everything okay? No time for this! Let's go! Let me tell Martha. Where are you taking me, Doug? Away from town. Away from people. Why? You know what day this is? Wednesday. It's the full moon, George. Then I'd rather have Martha with me. You're not my idea of a hot date. This isn't a joke. Get out. You gonna tell me what's going on? Do you remember what happened at Sharpie's last month? That was a full moon, George. You mean that big dog that bit me? I knew it! I knew you got bit! What in Sam Hill are you talking about? It wasn't no dog. It was me who bit you, just like I got bit. What kind of nonsense is this? Are you drunk? The moon is coming out. Can't you feel it? I had to get us away from people. That's just crazy talk. But it wasn't crazy talk. I could feel it skittering across my brain, just like my nightmares. Dougie was already on the ground, twisting and changing. I convulsed as I felt myself stretching. Terror. I saw different. I heard different. I was different. I ran through the woods and the fields and I was starving. Starving like I had never been starving before. Through Hunter's eyes, I remember seeing chickens and a cyclone of blood and feathers. As the fields gave way to suburban streets, I sensed I was somewhere familiar. see a shadow in the window of a house that I knew and smelled something alive. Here, doggy. Here, boy. And it came out, toe-headed and in overalls, smelling like a T-bone steak. Hey, Rover, you hungry? You like peanut butter? The stuff he smeared in my mouth was intoxicating, even if it did stick to the roof of my mouth. You like that, boy? Can I scratch your back? 
He scratched the base of my spine, and suddenly, all I wanted to do was kick out my leg in wonderful, maddening satisfaction. But then, he stopped. You want to meet my dog? Maybe you can be my dog too. It was too much. I sprang forward, blinded by deep red bloodlust. Screams in my ears, distant sirens, but all I felt was a need, a hunger to devour. I woke up naked next to a stream. I washed myself off, found an old jacket in a nearby barn, and made my way home. There was a police car parked next door, and Martha. George! What happened? Where did you go? What happened to your clothes? I was so worried about you. I got drunk with Doug and got sick all over my clothes. Martha, what happened? Oh, George, it was awful. There was this huge dog running wild through the neighborhood, and it... it ate... it ate Dennis! The Mitchell boy? How does a dog... I looked out the window and it was looking right at me, and the boy came out and tried to play with him like it was his own dog, and... Oh, George, it was horrible. The Mitchells. The police took them to the hospital. Alice was beside herself. I was so worried when you didn't come home after last month. You don't think it was the same dog that bit you. That... that was just some mutt. The kid was a pain in my ass, but he was a good boy at heart. Jesus. But Jesus had nothing to do with it. I remember eating the poor kid, and it never felt as full or as nourished in my life. Martha chalked up my reaction to shock and a desire to be a stoic man for her. But I honestly couldn't feel anything for that boy. The Mitchells moved away. Who could blame them? Me? I was more worried about the next full moon. We've got 13 days until the full moon, George. I need to show you something in the woods. Are we going to be werewolves for the rest of our lives? I would appreciate it if you just let me collect my thoughts on the way, because I have some explaining to do. We traveled in silence until we got out into the middle of nowhere. Doug, what are you doing with that gun? Take it. It's for you. Put that away. George, think about it. You killed that kid. You ate that kid. He, he goes, went to school with my boy. You're talking. Crazy. What if you ate Mark? What if I ate Madeline? Who's going to stop us? The cops? Sharpie got me with a shotgun and now look at me. I feel great. Don't you understand? There's no werewolf hunter out there to put us down. I, I, I would, but I, I can't do it, George. I can't shoot you, and I can't shoot me. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, I can't. You have to! I'd rather have our wives think that we're crazy than dead torn open by our own teeth. I, I made the silver bullets myself. Three for you, three for me. Doug, there's... 
There's got to be another way that doesn't involve murder-suicide. If there is, I'd like to hear it. Hmm. How does this sound? That was five years ago. Doug and I, we suddenly got this interest in camping. Plan a trip every month. You know how many state parks there are in Kansas? Many with secluded spots where no one goes? Those silver bullets we put in our rifles and gave to our wives in case the monster dog of Wichita shows up at their door. Martha's come to enjoy the alone time, and she's been appreciating what effect all the great outdoors has had on me. <laughs> she calls me Georgie Prom Night and Honeymoon Wilson. We managed to find enough remote spots with enough wildlife to fill our stomachs with that we haven't eaten up any stray people save for that poor Mitchell kid. And the way I like to think about it, I may have stopped a real menace to society. been listening to I Was a Middle-Aged Werewolf, written by Arthur Ratnick. This play was directed and produced by Thomas DJ with sound design by Chris Honeywell. Des Reddick was George. Thomas DJ was Doug. David Ellis was Sharpie. Sarah Palmero was Martha. Kara Hendricks was Kid. This is an 8TW production. For news on future projects, please visit us at 8twtheater.blogspot.com. Stay calm, stay focused, and stay tuned for more Echoes of Horror. <laughs>